welcome to Solve This Murder. I am your sick detective, Bill. And I am your crime scene criminal witnesses and Hastings, Danny, what? I'm just getting it out there so that if people think, oh, he's not doing very well this episode, they'll oh, know that yeah, I've got a, that I've that I'm sleepy and my eyes can barely stay open. I've got a headache. I'm just feeling sick. Mm. So when they say, when you're listening to this and you say, why didn't he ask about the cloves? The cloves. I'll say, first of all, I didn't notice there were any cloves in the mystery so far. And second of all, I'm sick. <laughs> Give me some leeway. Well, Poirot, you've just finished interviewing some of the stuff. Let's say about this book, while Poirot is very present throughout it and he does chat, he does comment, he doesn't really do many sit-down interviews with people in oh, this that one. Oh, life easy so, for me. Yeah, you don't need to worry too hard about that and thankfully neither do I. What a good time to be sick. <laughs> so I talked to the maids last episode. I talked to Dorcas, I talked to Annie. Mm. And I found out a lot. I found there was this sort of scandal, possible affair that Alfred, what's his name, Tennyson? No, Inglethorpe. Inglethorpe. Um, I was thinking of Alfred Lord Tennyson. What, who could have guessed? Um, that Alfred Inglethorpe was having an affair, possibly with the young wife at the Rake's farm. I didn't find out he was specifically having an affair, just the words that make you think of an affair, which probably means mm. there was no affair and it's all <laughs> a, a red herring. I found out that Annie brought up the cocoa that I found, which is drunk overnight, and was sitting out on a table mm. unattended for 45 minutes, and then she said it had a mysterious white powder next to it. So... <laughs> That's how she was killed. I also found out that someone, I think, tried to disable the bell that, that she would use to call for help, but they fixed it. So didn't work, I suppose. Oops. Um, and a few other little bits and bobs here and there. Is there anything... Lots of that coffee as well, that sort of thing we were looking at. Oh, yes. Alfred poured the coffee. Cynthia took up the coffee. The coffee was spilt by the window. The coffee cup was by the table, but it was all ground up and crushed as if to prevent it being tested for poison. So maybe yeah. that's where the, maybe there, and there was also uh, Dorcas had a bit of a whinge about Annie not cleaning up the coffee cups all around when she was supposed to, that sort of thing. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. You're right, because Annie didn't clean up the coffee cups that other people were having mm. as well down in the coffee den. Mm. There's a coffee den, I'm assuming. Exactly. So I, should I maybe wander around the house a little bit, see if there's any more physical clues? It's there's not... been a surprising amount of physical clues in this mystery. Yeah, and it's not a bad idea. And you know what? You're currently in the quote-unquote boudoir. There's a couple of things that you could probably look at right here. Uh, Ooh, yes. Mr. and Mrs. Inglethorpe both have separate desks in here. <gasps> separate desks, desks full of secrets. <laughs> yeah, I could check out some stuff. Let's look for mm. some physical evidence. I am liking physical evidence. <laughs> I think that's one of the things that I've been liking the more that you've included in, included it in mysteries. Uh, it's a bit of good, good bit of physical it's evidence. It's very hard to get physical evidence very that hard. isn't just a dead giveaway of yeah, things. Yeah, a note that says will and testament. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> So right. can I look around the boudoir? Yeah, you take a quick look. Mrs. Inglethorpe's desk, there isn't too much on it. Uh, you do manage to find in one of the drawers. Remember, you've got this key ring. So you I just... took her entire key ring. Exactly. Yes. You just start trying keys. You do find in there, besides a whole bunch of other irrelevant documents, you find something that looks like it's dated about three, four months ago. And uh, it's addressed to her lawyer. Ooh, Okay. But as we've already established in a I prior don't episode, look at it. yeah, you can wait. The lawyer will come. Oh, he's on it. He's he's on his way. Someone's alerted him already. What a bad snoop. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another thing. The fun part about uh, this lawyer, her personal lawyer, is also the town coroner. So he is oh. very relevant to this case. All right, so he's on his way. He is on his way right now. Okay. And then you go over to Mister Inglethorpe's desk. It's also locked. Just for the hell of it, you try some of the keys, and you find one. It's not the right key. 
but it's a close enough sort of key. Oh, okay. So I'm so as Poirot, I'm I'm not about to read a letter to her lawyer to find out who killed her, but I will break and enter into a man's bro- If there is desk. a document that you can see and it's just got the writing in front of you, that's fair game. But if you have to open... I'm, I'm breaking into a yeah. desk to do it. No, if you, if you have to no, open... <laughs> he doesn't under... I don't understand his his strange yep. Belgian ways. No. Let's open this desk. All right. Let's you, crack it open. Yeah. And you sort of notice, just based on how this key are, and you look at some of the other keys, a lot of them have that sort of appearance of genericness to them. Oh, so I might be able to open a lot of things. As if perhaps some keys might be good on multiple locks in this house. I'm going to try to unlock everything. But what do I find in this desk? Very little. It is incredibly neat. You approve of it. The one thing you don't approve of. You must always have the Hmm. symmetry in everything that you do. Yeah, the one thing that miffs you a bit, and you notice this about Mrs. Inglethorpe's desk as well. Eggs of different sizes. No stamps in either of them. Why does that bother me so much? Because it's just a little bit unprepared. No stamps. I'm going to make a note that Poirot thinks that this is weird, but I don't. Now, you go, you take a look. There is a waste paper basket, and it's got a couple of things in it. Let's dig through that trash, baby. We also have to know, this is besides Mrs. Inglethorpe's desk, we also have to know there is some paper rationing going on because we are currently in the ah, war. Because of the war, and they have, do they have not much paper, or are they flaunting the rations? No, they're being pretty good about it by the looks of it, but it means that papers aren't going to get thrown out. They're probably just going to get reused, so that's why nothing has been, no, nothing's gone out. But okay. sitting right on top of Mrs. Inglethorpe's waste paper bin, you see just a plain, oh. it's an envelope. It's just an empty envelope, clearly old, but you just see uh, this. Danny keeps giving me this book, it. and this book is full of little... F- Why doesn't she do this in any other book? Mm. Does she think it was a bit too, I don't know, kitschy? A bit too... Maybe the publishers found it expensive. I love it. Okay, it says... Oh, oh my gosh. I didn't know this was a ghost story. <laughs> it says, possessed. And then under that, I am... May well look kind of like I. It could also be like a weird two. I am possessed. He is possessed. I am possessed. Possessed. Why is someone practicing I am possessed? Oh, hmm. Do you notice anything? Uh, they don't know how to spell possessed. They're practicing. Oh, look at this. So, so, listeners at home, the first possessed has P-O-S-E-S-S-E-D. Which is terribly wrong. And then I am possessed, same spelling. And then he is possessed, P-O-S-S-E-S-S-E-D. It's better. I am possessed, possessed. So they're practicing. I also wonder if they're practicing handwriting. Like, I wonder if this is trying to forge a document or, or, or something like that. But either way, someone is practicing writing this yeah, it's phrase. Like, I, or maybe they were trying to start a letter and they got it wrong. Yeah, I would argue it just sort of looks like exactly what you do when you don't know how to spell a word and you can't. You think that once you've seen it written down, it might help. Paper, attempting to write and then a trying times. to put it in a sentence to see if your hand just knows. So someone's writing about something being possessed or someone being possessed. Possessed in what way, I wonder. I have to think into like a 1920s <laughs> understanding of how you would use the word possessed. Yeah. But interesting. I am possessed. I'm just going to... You do uh, actually... Have I seen this somewhere else? N- well, on the front of that very envelope from four months ago, you notice that the handwriting is definitely the same. It looks like Mrs. Inglethorpe's handwriting. Right. So but, either, again, it's Mrs. Inglethorpe yeah. or but a this envelope, quite fresh. <gasps> a ghost wrote it. <laughs> She's died, and then she, ah. she she took over someone's body and then wrote, I am possessed, I am possessed. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, she took a whole different direction after the first book. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a ghost who did the murder. Okay, nothing else in these 
in this area? No, if you recall, there was some dirt on the floor I do, as I have well. a note here that someone, uh, because there was an entrance into the garden, mm. someone had tracked some dirt inside. But is it real dirt or is it ectoplasm? <laughs> okay. I might keep looking around the house. I want to go yeah, check yeah. out the coffee nook. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the coffee drinking room is the drawing room. And as promised, Annie had not cleaned them up. Dorcas had not yet gone in to fix her mistakes. So there are still coffee cups strewn all about the place. Okay, give me... I don't know what to look ask about. That's okay. Give me like a rundown of what's going on with these coffee cups. Absolutely. So I, as Hastings, think this is a bit of a waste of time because we know uh, that Mrs. Estings, Inglethorpe... you do not know how to solve a crime. Miss... You have never solved a crime in your life, Hastings. You have merely gone to war and uh, done things like that. But I, while you were off... Uh, fighting the Kaiser, I was here. I was, I, I was traveling across Europe solving the crime. <sighs> Alright, so yeah, I think it's a waste of time because Mrs. Inglethorpe drank her coffee upstairs. We all know this, so what are the other coffee cups going to give us? But you know what? Whatever. Let's look for clues. Alright, fine. So over by the window, uh, that's where I and Cynthia and Mary Cavendish, we all had ours. You can see there are three cups sitting there. There was, um, no, Alfred, he doesn't drink coffee. Oh, that one over on the piano, that's Lawrence's, and the one that's been back on the tray, that's John's. You take a look, and all of them have some dregs in them, much like the cocoa did upstairs. Alfred doesn't drink coffee. Hmm. I'm trying to think what I would ask or what I would be looking for when it comes to these coffee cups. So they all drank, there's little dregs left in all the coffee cups. Mm-hmm. But Alfred didn't have a coffee. Oh, Oh, he did? No, of course. No, he didn't. Uh, but when Dr. Bowerstein showed up partway through, uh, he had a coffee as well. And where is his cup? Estings? Uh, Estings, where is his cup? Where is his cup? Where's his cup, man? Yeah, I have no idea. where. I, I didn't see where he put his down. I thought uh, he, he, was, he, he wandered around. He circulated around all of the areas a little bit. Uh, I have no idea. I know where it is. Don't you want to know, Hastings? I know where it is. Where? It's on the ground. Huh? In Mrs. Inglethorpe's room, crushed to powder. But then where's hers? Thrown out the window. Ah. Oh. If we go to the garden right now, we'll find her cup. Thrown out the window, into the garden. Uh, you will not. Damn. I was really hoping that we would. <laughs> I will say, my first guess about this, that doesn't come up until much later. That's the thing that uh, Poirot says. But you didn't tell me Dr. Baustein was there. What's with the number of coffee cups then? My first thought was, ah, oh, that Smithereens coffee cup upstairs, that's two coffee cups. Could be two coffee cups. No, it's not. No, fine. Okay, so Dr. B's cup is missing. So there is an unaccounted for cup. Unaccounted for coffee cup. But I also don't think that the coffee is what poisoned her because I thought, I'm sure it's the rum and cocoa. Yeah. So what's up with the coffee cups? Yeah. Weird mystery. Uh, what you may want to do with your 21st century sensibilities is not... Check like... the DNA in the 1920s? <laughs> yeah, Poirot, well, Poirot does something that yeah, you, you are unlikely Ooh, to do. I have a thought. Mm-hmm. Can I look for lipstick? I don't know. It's just a thing that people do. Uh, no, not looking for lipstick. Can I look at... Hold on. I'm going to get this. Don't you, don't you jump okay. in here. What would someone in the 1920s look for when it comes to coffee? I look at the grounds, the coffee grounds. Looking at them doesn't really give you much. I taste them. Oh, yeah. You have what, a good old taste of each coffee cup. How the coffee is and hope I don't get poisoned. Yeah. As far as you can tell, all five of these coffee cups, you taste the dregs from each of them. They all taste like coffee. A little bit sugary. That's it. No, they all taste the same. Did her coffee taste like that? I run up and I lick the carpet. 
Oh, uh, it's awfully hard. Remember, there was the coffee stain over by the window. Uh, it's awfully hard to get a taste out of that that isn't just carpet. Mmm, sugar. Are there sugar cubes? Do they take it with sugar cubes? Do I know? I assume so. Because that could be another way to put poison into one person's drink. When you add the sugar, you add sugar to one, you add iocane powder to the other. <laughs> you know, a little mm. cube of, of powdery strychnine, which we know that's how strychnine comes. Is that also what would have been added to the cocoa? Wait, do we know how strychnine comes? Well, we know it comes in powder because oh, we yeah, thought it was the salt right, right, that, of course. that Annie thought was on the um, Sorry, yeah, I'm with you. On the cocoa tray. Hmm. That's interesting if they're all taking it with sugar. Hmm. Does anyone know if, if Mrs. Inglethorpe takes her coffee with sugar? All right, you do a quick ask around to see if people know how she took her coffee. And, of course, sure. everyone has had goes at making her coffee at some point. So, yes, everyone knows how Mrs. Inglethorpe took her coffee uh, I don't know, four sugars. But what you do also find out through that, Cynthia says that she does not take sugar. Oh, Cynthia doesn't take sugar? No, never. So why, 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 why would, would there be, does that mean that Cynthia's cup is the one that's missing? Or there'd been some cup swapping? Because her cup clearly isn't there. The cup that Cynthia used isn't down there. That's interesting. I don't know why. But I'll put it in the back of my brain for later. As you are pondering this, sometime later, there is a knock at the door. A rap, rap, rap. And Dorcas goes to answer and she comes back and says, Oh, it's Mr. Wells here to see you, Mr. Cavendish and Mr. Poirot. Do I know who Mr. Wells is? Is he the coroner? He is the lawyer coroner. Oh, wonderful. Yes, all right then. Uh, I'm here. Let's get down to this grisly business. So I'll be doing the... Post-mortem tonight, I've set the inquest for Friday, today being Wednesday. So the tragedy happened on Tuesday night. Thank you. <laughs> Just to clarify everything. Yes, and obviously we'll need a lot of you here as witnesses. Not everyone, because there'll be some repetition. But obviously uh, Dr. Bowerstein, he was on the scene and he knows his toxicology, I hear. Uh, Mr. Cavendish, perhaps you can represent the people who found the body. Uh, Mr. Inglethorpe as a primary, well, I won't go into unpleasantness, but a primary suspect should probably have his say as well, and most likely a primary beneficiary. And so we'll get a couple of people to come up and give their opinions, and we'll see how all of that goes. Now, it was curious, uh, Mrs. Inglethorpe actually wrote to me just yesterday evening. Ah, yes. Unfortunately, she just said, she was planning to meet up with me this morning to discuss something, and she didn't elaborate on what. Can I ask him about the old letter? Or ask him if I can have permission to open it? Oh, there's a, a letter in her boudoir, you say? In her desk? Uh, yes, an, an unsent letter, I suppose. Yeah. From three or four months ago. Well, I have a guess, uh, just based on the sort of person she was. She liked to rewrite her will with some regularity. They always do. So I'm wondering if that was perhaps one that she never got around to sending. Interesting. Would I be able to open it? Oh, yes, we can go through anything, any official documentation with my permission and with Mr. Cavendish's permission, for whatever reason, Mr. Inglethorpe as well. Anyone who might have rights over this stuff, let's just get everyone's permission and then, great, we can go through everything we need to for legal purposes. So should I wait until I can get their permission no, then? No, they give you permission right away. Awesome. Well, so I'll go through those, but am I maybe jumping around a bit too much? Should I listen to a bit more of what Wells has to say? He does talk first, but it's all about wills anyway, so it really doesn't matter that Then let's much. have a look at this letter. Cool. All right. 
So you go back to the desk, you open it up and just go, ah, yep, this is exactly what it is. Let's see. Uh, it's dated uh, just before her marriage to Mr. Inglethorpe, perhaps around the time that they were engaged, I would say, and it is leaving her fortune to him, to Alfred. Interesting. That's, that surprises me. Oh, interesting. I wonder why it was never sent. Yes, very curious. She may have just forgotten. She was getting on. You're her lawyer. Yes. Do you know what her current will entails? Well, this is most interesting because this actually is more recent than the current will that I have in my position, which is from sometime last year, before she met this Mr. Inglethorpe. And what she did then, obviously, some small legacies to the servants and things like that, but the entire fortune went to Mr. John Cavendish. Wait, it all goes to John Cavendish? None goes to Lawrence? Ugh, wills are a confusing matter in the 1910s. So back when their father died some time ago, he left the entire estate to the future Mrs. Inglethorpe and a good deal of the money, but also set some sort of trust aside to Lawrence. And then upon Mrs. Inglethorpe's death, John was to inherit the property. So Mrs. Inglethorpe was leaving him all the money that she had so that he could keep up the property. <laughs> it's so confusing. And but then Lawrence is relying on the trust that he would already be getting, or that he had already gotten. No, no. He also get, only gets that upon the death oh of Mrs. God. Inglethorpe. <laughs> Will's a funny business. Okay, that is funny I business. don't necessarily understand everything you that should, goes you're on. You a lawyer. You're the one man who should understand. <laughs> well, let's just say that in my mind, it is a fair and equitable distribution. Okay. That's good to know. It's not like a... However, yes. because of the marriage, all of that is now null and void. So everything I just told you is worthless. Oh, well, thanks for telling me, you mm. loser. I cannot say whether or not Mrs. Inglethorpe was aware of this fact. I mean, it seems perhaps she wasn't. If what, So now, because of the marriage, all of her wealth goes to Alfred? Oh, yes. It feels like she mustn't have been aware, mustn't have been aware of that because she wrote a will saying, I'm going to leave all this to Alfred, something that seems irrelevant. Yeah. John Cavendish actually says, you know what? Actually, no, we were talking about wills being revoked by marriage just yesterday. With your mother? Yeah. So she knows. Oh. And i got to be honest, I'm telling you this because the book tells me this. I have no idea how that helps at all. Well. I wonder who else heard that. I wonder if someone, I wonder if Alfred was just like, wait a minute, what's got revoked by that? Wait, so I'm the beneficiary? I'm going to kill her tonight! <laughs> Time to murder this old lady! I could picture that happening. I wonder. But yes, on average, she made a new will at least once a year, so this does not surprise me. Interesting. But the will is void. The one from last year? Yes. Marriage takes precedence. If she had written a new will, Mm. These may be questions Danny doesn't have the answer to. If she'd written a new will yesterday mm -hmm. that said, I leave everything to John, mm -hmm. would that now void the marriage? That would it go to John? I believe so, yes. So you just get married and it just revokes your will and you have to then write the same will again. <laughs> man, the 1920s... I bet you that's not true for a man. I bet you his will stays the same no matter who he marries. All right. <laughs> okay. So she had a will that left everything to John. She got married. Therefore, she now leaves everything to Alfred. Unless she had written another will that says, I leave everything to John. Such as the one that was found and burnt in the fire that said, all and. That would have been an update to the will that says, everything goes to John. Don't even worry your head about it. And then Alfred would have gotten nothing. 
So when he found that will, he had to burn it. Because at the moment, without a new will, he gets everything. <laughs> but a new will would ruin that, that, that situation. Things are looking like they're jumping towards Alfred. Or perhaps when she was told just last night, maybe she sat to write the will and Hold on a second. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> You're saying that just before she died, or on the day that she died, her son told her, oh, hey, your will got voided when you got married. She then, on the same night, was overheard by Dorcas saying, everything has changed. She also specifically said to Annie, maybe, or whoever it was, maybe even Cynthia, can you get me all of my special despatch writing stuff? I need to write something new tonight. And we found a document in the fire that looked like it was the write-up of Will and Testament. She may have been writing her new will the night that she was murdered. Hey, mum, your will doesn't work anymore. Oh my gosh, somebody get me my writing case. I gotta write something desperate. Those two facts and then finding part of it in the fire? She could have been doing it. <laughs> I think that's an interesting piece of, an interesting course of events. Remember that someone being possessed can mean having possessions. <gasps> Wait a minute. That could definitely be will talk. I am possessed of a house which I give to my son. Or, I am possessed of sound mind and body. <laughs> yeah, now, it might, uh, that note that you found that. He is in possessed. The downstairs boudoir, not upstairs in the bedroom. So perhaps that means it wasn't as quickly and roughly drawn a will that was all done upstairs. Maybe there, maybe, hmm. Maybe the dispatch was to send the will out that had been re written. You did hear that she had written to her lawyer. Yes. So maybe that was part of the dispatching. Perhaps. Well, with my new permissions, can I open the purple case? You can absolutely go upstairs to the purple case. Well, then let's get up to the purple case. You head back upstairs. You head to the bedroom. Testing out your key theory, you try a different key on the door to the bedroom. And oh. it, it opens. Oh, so anybody could have opened it. And so you go in. Anyone with the key to their own room could probably open this room. You go over to the purple dispatch case, and something a little unsettling happens. It opens. What do you mean? Why is that unsettling? Because you found a key in it, and you took that key. Oh, but somebody else has opened it? It has been forced open. What? In the brief time that you have been downstairs. And you start to notice there are a couple of other things... Not quite right about the room as well. Some of the things on the mantelpiece aren't what? quite right. There's a little ta the little table under the window, if you recall. Uh, it's apparently this table has a weird function where if you put something too heavy on it, the top flips. Oh, no. And so it's kind of askew. So you notice things aren't quite right in this room. Someone's rummaged through the room. Yeah. Do I notice anything in particular that's missing or, 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 or added? No, but you have an awfully strong suspicion that something that was in that purple dispatch case is no longer in there. Solve This Murder is created by Bill Sunderland and Danny Siller as part of the Consume This Media network. To find out more about all of our shows, you can head to consumethismedia.com. If you want to try your hand at solving this murder yourself, Send your current theory in to solvethismurderpod at gmail.com and you may end up on our wall of detectives. A special thank you to Jared, Devon and Wit from the podcast Advanced Sage Russian Shootouts for creating our theme music and thanks to all of you for listening. <laughs>